Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mada, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. The 21st century has spawned an entire new class of entrepreneur, the influencer. No, it's not just another word for celebrity. Influencers are more like traveling salesmen, except that you don't really have to leave your home unless you're selling a travel package. It's kind of an ingenious business idea if you think about it. Startup costs tend to be low. You need a ring light, a smartphone, and an Instagram account if, if you really want to get started. And marketing firms are actually starting to spend gobs of money on influencers uh, to hawk their products. The sector now tops about $10 billion annually, and you give it a little more time, and there will be influencer classes at your local business school. The industry is big enough that it spawned a support industry in and of itself. Someone has to make those ring lights and selfie sticks, and the, and the need to have bigger and better production has inspired businesses like Exposure Selfies here in Lafayette. And if you pass it on Jefferson Street, you might think of it as a giant photo booth, but owner Carly Falk prefers the term selfie studio. Content creators and influencers use her space, which is ample. It has 5,000 square feet and 30 different rotating backgrounds uh, to run all kinds of shoots. And it can also be booked for private events, birthdays, and Botox parties, which is something I just learned about. And Carly grew up in St. Amand and launched Exposure Selfies in 2021. Carly Falk, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, some spectacles just don't work on a mobile device, even in the 21st century. For some events, it's better to be there. And that's pretty much the best way to describe the janky piano show, the brainchild of my next guest, musician Hunter DeBlanc. Uh, janky Piano Show is an over-the-top variety show. It pipes in pop culture nostalgia with pre-taped video parodies, a wheel of fortune that kind of rotates through song ideas and some pretty wild audience participation. At the center of the madness is Hunter himself, who plays the MC, the host, and piano man. The show began as a way of jazzing up his weekly residency uh, here in downtown Lafayette, and it has grown into a pretty complex production requiring stagehands and costume changes. Hunter himself likes to describe it as a Saturday Night Live piano bar, except it's a whiskey-fueled dumpster fire. And so on that note, sponsors, well, took note of the show and have begun underwriting. And Hunter grew up in Opelousa and has also spent time working cruise lines as a piano player. Hunter DeBlock, welcome back on shore for Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me again. Okay, so Carly, I'm going to, I got to know, I I don't know what a Botox party is. Can we start there? Can you describe what a Botox party is? Yeah, yeah. So Really, I have a great friend that does Botox. She's an injector, and we were like, hey, let's just have a party. So we get uh, charcuterie, small bites, wine, and people come in, they get their Botox. Last night we had a vintage pop-up with it, and really we just get together and drink and take random selfies for fun (laughs) and get Botox. I mean, it's just that. So it's sort of (laughs) like an updated version of like a Tupperware party? (laughs) I mean, yeah, except we're getting Botox, so we're going to look beautiful like three days later. (laughs) Right? I have a question. Is there a before and after? Like, do you do the before pictures before the Botox and then after? My girl does, uh, like, just for tracking, she mm-hmm. does. She does that. Um, when we get to the selfies, I mean, kind of we take selfies just to be ridiculous. 
So if you get really, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, if you drink, make sure you grab a drink before you come into my place because it makes it extra fun. So I, I guess because I always associate it as like a procedure, I understand it's outpatient for most people. Mm-hmm. It still struck me as like, wait, but this is like a medical injection <laughs> that we're doing. It is. So, so but, but, but like do people, so why do it with a bunch of people in a room? Because I feel like sometimes people uh, are a little unsure if they want to do it, right? Yeah. And so it's, they come in, they get to talk to my girl. It's kind of a loose, you know, cool environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there just chatting. So everybody gets on a schedule. We're all coming in three months anyway. We might as well, it's like an excuse to get together. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. And, and of course, obviously, you don't, mm-hmm. that's not the, the sole purpose of your business. It's it just, not. It just stood out to me yeah. as, as, as an option because I hadn't considered that. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, as I mentioned kind of in the introduction, might kind of pass that and think, well, that's a place I can go to get my picture taken if I'm right. just down, down to sort of a touristy thing. Mm-hmm. But it did strike me that, that it, there's this element of businesses, like bi- like business-to-business type marketing here where you oh, can absolutely. say, like, you're looking for an interesting backdrop, you're looking for influencer-style marketing, and it's right. available to you. Mm-hmm. How does that work? I mean, who's coming into your shop to do business-to-business type work? All right, so I guess... Um Really, so last week I had a large boutique come in and they did a full birthday bash layout and they did their clothes in every wall that I have. And it's just fun marketing. It's something that's not accessible to them. Um, Or if you, like, let's say you wanted to do different walls or different, um, you know, murals or such you'd literally have to pack up and go all over the city and the city here has beautiful walls but they're all spaced out so if you just want to go in and you want to just knock it out my place is perfect for that Hmm. you know so hunter um one thing i was immediately impressed with you know was just the the level of production that goes in to your show and not even just around the actual stage right i mean the the promos that you guys are doing i mean it's pretty elaborate frankly I mean, how often are you able to actually do a janky piano show? It seems like a lot of effort. Yeah, my entire life revolves around that, like that show. So I'm there at Grouse Room three days a week. I'm there on Tuesday setting up. I'm there Wednesday doing the tech, doing the sound check, getting all the costumes, all the stage decorations, whatever the theme of that week may be. And then the day after, the perpetual hangover and then tearing the stage down. Because they let us leave our equipment there like children. (laughs) That's that's a good sign, actually. It my, is. my days as a touring musician, I've only maybe had a handful of times in my life. I've been able to oh, yeah, leave it's normally the gear get out, overnight get and get it out of home. here. That's that almost sounds more like a Broadway production to me. It, like you kind of have this installation there. I mean, that level of production is impressive. And we weren't. That's not at all how it started. It started out with me and a keyboard one night, and somebody suggested they were like, "Why don't you?" Well, actually. Uh, let me let me retract a little bit. Sure. Uh, I showed up wearing just normal clothes. Yeah. Just uh, it had been what two years of pandemic, no shows. Finally get there, show up one night at Grouse Room, and uh, everyone's wearing suits except for me, mm-hmm. and I felt like a scrub. So I went to my truck and I, I had a suit that had been to the dry cleaners. I threw it on. Somebody said, "What is this a talk show?" And something clicked in my brain, and I I never imagined the level of production to get to where it is now, to where you know we're hauling. You know, multiple. That's why I'm getting truck beds covered and stuff like that now, because it's to the point where there's so much equipment. And it does feel like a Broadway show. The costume changes are one of the most ridiculous and my favorite things of the night is the costume changes. <laughs> so, so, so is the idea that this is something that you could just continue to do at a venue like Grassroom? Do you see yourself this being something you take on the road? I mean, how does that work? So Jameson, so Jameson has sponsored us and actually tried to get us on the road and made us portable. Um, so we've done our first show at the Howlin' Wolf. Um, 
it went a little weird because explaining the show to people has been virtually impossible. It's just like you have to, like you said, you have to see it to understand it. So explaining the show to these people, they were like, I guess somewhere there was a miscommunication. They thought it was a stand-up comedy show. So they called us the day of, they said, hey, our sound guy has COVID, but we have the room set up for, for two stand-up comics. And I said, no one does stand-up at this thing. I said, it's 90% music show. And that's how the, confu- I, I guess the sketch comedy, the word sketch comedy being in the, the tagline has confused people to a degree. Yeah. So, Carly, it strikes me that, I mean, like, look, I, I'll confess to walking down the street and assuming that, that, that your shop, you know, was mostly a place for people to go and just sort of like pop in and get like a photo booth, kind of I described it. I mean, do you, do you find that it's still a struggle to explain to people what it is that the shop is there for? I mean, it seems like it covers a lot of ground. So yes and no. Because it depends on the demographic. Because when the kids walk into my studio, any friend from like 10 to 25, first thing they say is, oh my God, I saw this on TikTok. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, it is working. So it is, in the larger cities, they have places like this where you can go in and it's built just to have a good time, right? And so the older crowd that doesn't quite understand that kids love to do this, I have to kind of explain it to them. Mm -hmm. And I get it because, you know, older people don't always like to take selfies. They don't see the point in it. They don't see why, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but it's beyond just the selfie. It is really the experience. It is coming in and having a great time. We filmed uh, like, 10 boomerangs last night. I had the best time. I mean, because we literally laughed and laughed. And after COVID, I mean, that's what people need is a good time. They need to laugh. They need time to just have a great time. So can you make beautiful art in there? Yes. Can you act ridiculous and have a great time? Yes. And so I just have to kind of explain to them what it is. How is it priced? Am I coming in and paying for an hour to be yeah, in your backgrounds? In, or yeah, you come in, you pay in for an hour. Um, if you book online, it's $25. It guarantees your spot. It's cheaper for your child. Uh, but I do walk-ins on Fridays and Saturdays. If I'm not fully booked, mm-hmm. you can walk in uh, for 15 bucks. You can come in. I give you a ring light uh, with a phone holder. You use your timer on your phone. I teach you how to do it if you don't know how to do it. And just, I let you loose. Hmm. And it's great because the first time people come in, they're so overwhelmed because there's so many choices. Uh, they walk around and then, you know, they kind of do it. And then they're like, oh, but I can do this. And I love how giving people a space to be creative, uh, like sparks their imagination. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people there's no limit but your imagination. Hmm. So, so, Hunter, you were saying that it's, it's hard to explain your show even to the point that you go to another venue and you've kind of got to start from scratch. So, so when a company comes in and says, I'm going to sponsor, I'm going to underwrite your show, you know, how does that happen? How, yeah. how do they even understand what, what, you're, what, they're going to do, what you're going to do for their brand? Yeah, so uh, it was a few local liquor reps for Jameson, uh, Republic and Pernod. Um, they had noticed that I was making these curated drink menus for each one of the, like if we had a Halloween night, I would do like a, I would name drinks like the Rob Perhelno or something. But all the drinks exclusively used and only used Jameson, like Jameson Black Barrel, Jameson Cold Brew, whatever it may be, they took note of that and they showed up and they were just glued to the show and afterwards they said, what do you need from us? Hmm. And uh, we gave them a budget and they, they agreed. And So is that, I mean, do you see it as like, I'm going to expand sponsors in that way? Like you'll start serving chicken fingers, you get canes involved, and be like, what do you do? We're actually not sure because there's a contract that's pending, and depending on what it says, we may not be able to 
um, represent other brands. But that is something that we have looked into and tried to make packages that, in case they say, yeah, you can do any company you want, we'll have like a package for somebody. Well, we'll do like a sketch or a drink or something and run it for X amount of time or something. And I never really thought having a music show would get into this weird corporate feeling thing, but here we are. I mean, I got to imagine, just given your background, that maybe you didn't think that you would be not at a variety all. man. Either, not at right? all, not at all. Um, especially because uh, last year I started releasing a new single of original music, one per month, and then some of it got featured by like Alt Press and Huffington Post. And then the show, the show was presented to me for Grouse Room. They said, "Look, we're canceling dueling pianos. Do whatever you want this night. Run with it." And that uh, all my. I have like 10 unreleased songs now that are just sitting on my laptop. Uh, so, yeah, this was not the plan at all. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of maybe not knowing this is where you'd end up, I mean, Carly, you grew up in a small town. You know, you're talking about how selfie museums, all the different names for this are more common maybe in larger urban areas. I mean, what was it that made you think this will work in Lafayette? <laughs> well, so I have four older children from my first marriage. And so I love teenagers, right? There is not a lot of places that teenagers can be expressive in Lafayette. And Lafayette loves arts and they love music, but there's not a lot of places that really foster that. Mm. Um, So in my imagination, it's just like I have these kids in and they come in and they're allowed to be whoever they want to be for the hour and they can do whatever they want for the hour. I use it sort of, the business itself, I use sort of as a multifaceted purpose. Um, you know, see a need, fill a need. That's always how I figure a business should work. You see a need, you fill a need. So I felt that downtown lacked something for that demographic to do, right? You can bring your kids downtown, but other than eat with them or maybe walk around, what are you going to do? So it was a no-brainer to put it downtown and get kids something to do that is, you know, easy and fun and enjoyable and something that they like to do. Because as much as we would love for our kids to play outside, they got to learn how to use social media because social media is the future. Like, that is what we're moving to. So just give them an opportunity to do that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Carly Falk of Exposure Selfies and Hunter DeBlanc of the Janky Piano Show. You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, Hunter, you might be able to um, commiserate with me on this. I mean, I think you're right. When I was growing up, you know, and I before I was old enough to get into bars, like, you know, I was playing in bands and stuff, and it, mm-hmm. there weren't really mm-hmm. places for you to go. I was going to bring that up. The, the, yeah. the teenage yeah. thing that I did, I remember the teenage thing was like, I, I can remember outside of like, was Cart Ranch and Keysar, right? Like, <laughs> that right. was about it. That's it. Keysar. <laughs> I wow. mean, so, so <laughs> exactly. Deep cut right there. <laughs> You know, but a lot of what you do, Hunter, is you do, like, deep cuts, right? You talk about Rob Perhelno, right? I mean, you kind of rely on this sort of Lafayette-centric humor. I mean, as you grow it, are you going to have to try and tap into other people's regional humor vocabulary? That's exactly what we had to do to going out to New Orleans. We had uh, Alt-92.3 post a status and say, what are the most memorable local jingles from New Orleans? And so they voted on one, and we made a remix of it and aired it at the, uh, at the show. Whoa. So we, that's, that's an idea, but one of the things we're going to really have to do is just have more stuff that's universal that anybody would recognize, so to not focus on the local stuff so much. Because when we go out to New Orleans, we obviously can't run a Sharon Moss joke. Like, it just wouldn't, it doesn't go over well. <laughs> Shout out Sharon Moss, saw her last night. Right? <laughs> yeah, 
absolute I, queen. I mean, it, it seems like both definitely. It seems like both of you kind of in positions where you have like that's a moving window, though, right? I mean, to the extent that you're talking about, like you know, you know, I'm sure like you're rotating these backgrounds to some extent. You've got every ninety-ish days, something else pops up. Keep up with yeah. taste, right? And even nostalgia, right? I mean, Hunter, right. in ten years, we're going to be nostalgic about I mean, something. You have to exactly. literally tap into your market and see what they like. So when people come in, I kind of look at what they like, what they photograph the most, and I kind of go back in my brain and say, well, maybe I'm going to do this next. And you just, it's an ebb and flow, and you change along with the business as it changes, as your clientele changes. Hey, Carly, I got to ask, like he's talking about, you got to prepare kids for social media, but there's, you know, a lot of parental pressure right now to say like, hey, maybe this stuff isn't really so healthy. I mean, how do you, what do you, what do you say to that? A parent like who might have a kid right. <laughs> who's like, I really want to do this, but the parent, you know, a little reluctant. I mean, how do you, I how do you talk that, them through it? I, well, I mean, I think parents are afraid of really what they don't understand. Um, but like, I fully believe that teenagers and young kids, they need to know how to work a computer. They need to know how to work the internet, the social media, because like when they want a job, I mean, yeah, you can go knocking door to door like we used to do, but literally you want a real job, you are applying on your computer. Like, and there's so many ways now that everything is online. I, I just don't see that going away. And honestly, if it's used properly, I feel like it is a great tool for children. Now, do I believe they should play outside? Yes. Do I believe they should have a great time? Yes. My place kind of gives you the best of both worlds. You get to play, you get to have a great time, and then later on you get a picture you can put on social media. Yeah, Hunter, I noticed, of course, you know, you do these pretty high production value commercials for oh, these thank shows. You. Yeah, thank you. I, and, and uh, I took note of, you know, you're using, I guess, cameo or maybe something like getting actual celebrities it looks like to well oh, I'm, we, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna put the scare quotes you can't see on the radio celebrities right like <laughs> people who may have had a, a bit part on a show you can buy yeah. 20 dollars worth of their time i mean that also seems like something that takes a lot of effort it sounds That's like you, you might have benefited from some social media classes early absolutely on. Uh, um so uh i spent a lot of time on fiverr as well because that is a, that is a tool um that I didn't even know existed that you could hire somebody, a voice actor uh-huh. or an actor from an actual show, and they turn it around so quickly. Within days. <laughs> With it, you can even have it like if I needed, if, if we had a sketch that we wanted to film for that night, I could probably have it ready if there's like an extra $20 fee or something, and they'll they'll Easy. pop it out for you. Take, yeah. And it's and great. It's, it's great. That is, so that's another thing. Like old school, we think we're going to go to an office, we're going to work nine to five. That's what our parents want us to do. They yeah. want us to be a doctor, they want us to be a lawyer, they want us to be whatever. These kids growing up, they know that there's more out there. And they know that they can make a job out of something they love, doing something they love, and just be creative about it. Like, you can make a job just selling on Fiverr all True. day long. And a lot of these people, I'm pretty, I'm convinced that's all these people do. Some of them, that's like, they have such mm-hmm. great radio voices and, and yes. they're so good on camera that it, it just seems like that's what they do all day. They just sit there and crank out $100 orders all day. I mean, so I have a side gig that I do, um, that I do for an I do for Amazon. I'm a graphic designer for Amazon. Oh, awesome. And um, I design and put my things on merch for Amazon. And uh, they print it, they make it, they drop it out, and I just get a royalty every time it sells. Give me an example. Like, what kind of designs are you making? Um, so one of my best-selling designs is for, uh, I made it for uh, Tracy Pico. If you know Tracy and Ryan, here in town, oh. they own Chopsmith City. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. barbecue place. Tracy, yeah. Tracy wanted a shirt with a ghost on it, and it said, this is, uh, this is boo shit. Boo shit, but S-H-E-E-T, right? Like, with a little ghost on it. So I made this shirt for her. I printed it on my Amazon store. 
I mean, I literally made $1,500 one month on this shirt that just sells. That's awesome. Just people buy it and they ship it out and whatever. I mean, four bucks a shirt. It's just, it's... <laughs> Speaking of surprising ways to make, to make money, I mean, like, you know, in a lot of ways, I can sympathize, right? I mean, I spent years as a musician and I never really made a time. But, but, you know, back when I was kind of coming up, the thing that we always thought that we could do, right, was mm-hmm. licensing. Like, felt like mm-hmm. that would be our way if we could, you know, get our song in a commercial or yeah, a movie, a movie or, something, or like something like that. So what I think is really interesting about what you're doing, Hunter, is like you've kind of cracked a different code, right? Where, mm-hmm. like, you've got a stage production that um, seems like it must be paying you something, right? Something. It's, <laughs> it's, get, it's getting by. Um, and hopefully, it, I would like to turn this into a career because at one point I realized, like, I love songwriting. I love putting out my own music. But, like, like you said, unless you hit it big, it's very tough. And now there's an, another aspect of that. But in the TikTok aspect, mm-hmm. every label or anything, they're looking for artists to be big on TikTok. They're like, well, yep. you don't have a following on TikTok. Where it's at. I have not, but despite our social media presence, TikTok is a monster, like a monster to me. I do not know how to <laughs> how to tame it. I don't know how to crack it. Like it, it is a terrifying. Every time I open the app, I get overwhelmed. To close okay, it. but you realize that now, it, it's TikTok so important. Is it. it is. It, it is, is a it. game changer for musicians. And I think at one point I got overwhelmed with my songs and how to put those out. That this show just became a vessel for like every other creative part of my brain mm-hmm. to just like I see a commercial or a, a new movie trailer I'm like how can we make this or how can I make this about me uh-huh. I'm <laughs> complete narcissist but like how can I how can we take this and transform it into something that integrates Jameson and also conveys the janky piano show and it it actually makes sense it's not just like us throwing mm-hmm. stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks TikTok is going to change advertising as we know it I swear it, it really 100%. will why is that because it, those children or those kids or those young adults that are getting on TikTok, they are influencing people to buy things. They're so creative, All too. Day long. It's terrifying how creative they are and, and the stuff they it, come up with. He and is just not like, lying. How did they think of this? Mm-hmm. And they're so quick with it, too. It's like, it, like uh, so, not to reference the Oscar thing, but like they were so quick with the turnarounds with on the that. Parodies yeah. So I actually got a pro tip from a small influ- micro-influencer here in town. She was like, hey, just go on to uh, Instagram because, you know, they're moving to reels. Mm-hmm. Everything is video-based right now. She's like, just pick a trending reel, uh, redo it with something from your studio. It's going to trend. You're going to get 10,000 views. Sure enough, in one day, 10,000 views on a, like, seven-second video. But, but, Hunter, you actually raised an interesting point. Right? I mean, I think, obviously, like, people... Like technology changes everything. It, it's mm-hmm. the, like it's a constant, right? And so people kind of get freaked out by these things. But it is interesting that it becomes its own sort of medium. So you were just sort of talking about, you know, how you you kind of changes the way you think about what you're creating, right? Yeah. I mean, so so what does that look like for a musician? I mean, how do you take how do you distill what you're doing on stage, which seems to be big and larger than life, into something that's that small? Uh, it, it's it's stressful to think about like the also the time constraints. Because now the shorter the video, the more attention it gets. So we have these long five-minute sketches, and we're like, how do we format this into that? We haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't figured out a way to cut the fat out of the uh, of the sketches and the parodies to make it, you know, and uh, to put it in that 15-second format for people to be like. Because right. people are just scrolling, and if you don't catch their attention right away, they'll they'll never see it again. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Carly, I got the impression that you know you feel like what you have is some of the sort of giving people an opportunity to learn this stuff, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 
do you have any advice to impart on people who feel like, look, I, I want to learn how to harness this better, whether they're a youngster or right. somebody like me practice. who's not so young? Practice, 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 play around, just play with it. And the biggest part that I find that people who are making reels or making TikToks or maybe they know their business needs content creation, the thing that holds them back is they don't like to be on camera. I don't like to be on camera. I don't. But I've been making reels and TikToks because that is the future of advertising, without a doubt. Um, so I just keep telling people, like, just play with it and just, like, just don't follow people. Like, like, don't think about it. Follow people that do it and see what they're doing and then just really build your confidence to just do it. Well, people are always going to fear change, and I... Of course, I'm terrified of change. Thank you guys so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, my guests on Out to Lunch have been Carly Falk of Exposure Selfies and Hunter DeBlanc of a host of Janky, the Janky Piano Show. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation. Find out more about Carly and Hunter by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. And you can find and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and on our website. It's Acadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on It's Acadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at AsterMorgan.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's Acadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by Kieran McIntosh. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head over to TheCurrentLA.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation and Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 